Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Cure your craving. Stop in today or visit Zaxby's.com. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country. Visit ViStarCU.org. This is Dooley Noted. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into the latest Dooley Noted podcast. This is a Thursday one, and uh, we're kind of getting on schedule here. In fact, I will just say this is the opening podcast of football season. Let's just put it that way, because from now on, they're going to be regular every Tuesday when we get into the season, when it starts every Tuesday and Thursday, of course, by weeks, there will only be uh, the Tuesday ones, but it's regular from now on. There's a regular schedule. So those of you who are fans of the podcast, I'm sure excited to hear that. I'm excited to be doing it. I even came in off vacation just to do it for you guys. But um, I, I will I will tell you this. It cannot start fast enough, even though it's starting faster than it's ever started. I mean, there's not been an August 24th opener, right? But so you would think that I would say, hey, look, it's coming too fast. No, man, I, I, let's go. Let's have games. And it's mainly because they start talking about games in the future on these shows. I, I, I'll be honest with you, most of the summer I haven't listened to any of the sports talk shows. But once they, uh, once we got near to the season, once Florida opened practice, that changed. I'm, I'm like all over it. So – they start talking about him, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I, I I can't wait for this game. I can't wait for that game. And when is, when, when is it coming? That's the thing. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. For me, college football is by far the best sport. I love it so much. And, I mean, I love college basketball. Don't get me wrong. The Final Four, the, the actually the entire NCAA tournament is tremendous. It may be my favorite individual single event. And I don't say single event. It goes on for three weeks. But that's my favorite thing. I love golf. I love the Masters. I love the NBA playoffs. And the Braves are playing good, so I'm starting to lo- love baseball again. But college football it dwarfs it. Just not even close. And I just can't wait to get it going um you know i I was telling somebody this story the other day that in uh when 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 will muschamp had his big season 11 and 2 season which was a good season they won a lot of close games but they won a lot of games and, and you know ended up going to the sugar bowl and of course that didn't end well and it was the beginning of the end for him but I remember that all season kind of going. I don't. I don't really. I'm not. Don't want the season to start because I don't think they can do that again with the guys able. This year's team. I. I don't know if they can do it again. I think they. They certainly could. I don't know if they will. But I'm just ready for football. And it's not just Florida. I mean, obviously, with this opener we have, it's. It's so weird that we're going to go cover a. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened in my life. Probably hasn't where I go cover a football game and then there's nothing else that night, you know. You, you Usually you get home and you, you find a game or you find highlights of games. All we've got is Arizona work, uh, or Arizona-Hawaii, sorry, which I think I got a feeling Arizona's going to blow them out. But it's here and it's uh, it's real and it's spectacular and here we go. Let's, let's do it. Um, to me – the story so far of spring, and again, I'm doing this on Thursday, so things things obviously could change even today. But to me, the story of spring is, it's pretty clear how Dan Mullen and John Hevesy feel about their offensive line. And here's the way they feel. 
They like it. They're going to be good on the offensive line. And all our concerns, forget about it. As long as everybody stays healthy. They like their first five. After that, man, they've got to develop some depth. And that's a real concern. And I will say this. We had a Florida's media day. Uh, well, I guess it was last Thursday, right? And when you look at these guys and talk to them, you're like, these guys could be really good. They have an airport team. There's no question about it. They get off the plane, you go, uh-oh, look at that guy, Stone Forsythe. Look at this guy, uh, DeLance. Look, I mean, they look like a really first-rate offensive line. He's gotten them into shape, Nick Savage, but, but I mean. And we don't know how they're going to play together. We don't know if there's going to be chemistry. We don't know if they're going to um, be able to handle, you know, the guys in the SEC, but they look like they can. That's my point. They look like like you're not looking at them. Like, I, and I don't want to pick on this guy, but Mason Halter, when he came in here, and again, he came from Fordham. He did not have the strength program. Um, he didn't have the, the access to things that you have at the University of Florida, and he certainly didn't when he was here because they had a strength coach who didn't know what he was doing. But Mason Halter, he never went, well, that looks like an SEC offensive lineman. No, he never did, and, and he didn't play like one for the most part. But here, these guys all looked apart. But the key is going to be, do they stay healthy? Because I just, behind them, it's just a bunch of kids. You know, those kids are working hard, and they're going to get in shape. But they haven't, for the most part. I mean, you've got some guys who have had a spring who have had a uh, a year with Nick Savage, but even then they haven't been on they haven't been on the field except for mop up games. And while you certainly with the guys Florida does have in the starting lineup haven't played a ton, Brett Heggie's a starter in my mind. They they really are returning two starters because healthy he would have started last year, and he started he has started in the past. Um, and then you get, you know, Buchanan obviously is, is a starter and beat out Tony McCoy's kid. Uh, C, uh, God, I, I blanked on his name. Is it CJ McCoy? God, I'm getting old, man. I'm starting to forget people's names. But um, TJ McCoy. Um, so I, I there are guys that played, at least got into games, got some time. You know, every once in a while, you'd be watching a game uh, on on replay, an old game, and you'd see, hey, there's this this game is still in doubt, and there's Forsythe was on in on the in the game, so they got to play a little bit, but um, it's still going to be the story of of this season is how well they play, um, you know, and we'll see if they're able to gel and stay healthy. That to me is the key. Um, you know, obviously Florida's been in a lot of install, trying to get make sure everybody knows what they're doing. But the other thing, the other thing that we've got from our one presser um, the other day, it was at Monday, right, or Tuesday? Days are running together. Uh, no, it was Monday. Was that you know, Coach Mullen talking about Felipe and how he's? It wasn't until the spring of this year that he w- walked out there with the confidence level that he wanted to see in him. And forget about last year. He played well at the end of last year. But this now it's like his team, he knows the offense. When they call a play, he knows exactly why they're doing it. And we'll see if that translates as well. You know, it continues to – I continue to look at this team and look at the skill players and go, man, they're, they're definitely are not on the footballs for the guys that they – have that they can get the ball to and I'm just going to be curious to see as we go through this season not just the opener but certainly the opener what Dan Mullen does and what do you do for that first game obviously the University of Miami it's a different animal right what do you do for that first game do you put in a bunch of fancy plays or do you have like one or two you know uh, and and you pull them out if you need them, and just run your base offense, and which they've been studying all summer. It's you know the 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 word out of Miami is they're really going physical. 
They're being very physical down there. And I, my gut feeling is they're going to try to win with defense, which they have a very good defense, and run the ball and be physical, not to put too much on their quarterback, which is, I assume will be Tate Martell, uh, which is ridiculous that he's eligible in terms of what we've lived with our whole lives in terms of what make how you can get eligible, how you can get a waiver. And when, when Nick Saban talks about how the NCAA has gotten too liberal with, with waiver, waivers, I think Tate Martell is a perfect example, probably one of the guys talking to. But it doesn't matter. He's playing, and he'll probably be the starter. So we'll see who uh, continues to emerge as – Backups on the offensive line, backups in a lot of areas. They're trying to build depth and trying to, you know, you feel a sense of confidence. And I was asked this question on the radio today, I think it was. Yes. I was on with Chris Doring and Cole Kubelik, and they were asking me about the confidence level that this team has. And I said, look, here's the thing. These guys have a coach that they believe in and a coaching staff they believe in. And when, it, when you believe in your coaches and you think they know what they're doing, it breeds confidence. And when you go out there and you win games because the coach made the right call, like Donovan Steiner's blitz against Mississippi State, like the throwback from uh, Lucas uh, Kroll last year, you know, when you when you continue to win games because and, – and you go, this, these guys know what they're talking about, it makes you more confident. And I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest change. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Florida hype, real or imagined, however it is. Also, coaches pull out. We'll talk about that. And the five most interesting teams in college football this season, according to yours truly, you're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America, we believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Your host is Pat Dooley from the Gainesville Sun and Gatorsports.com. And this is the Dooley Noted Podcast. Presented by Zaxby's. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. No guests today. I actually checked with a few people, but everybody's either in meetings, like to plan their seasons, like TV guys. Uh, Reese Davis would have said, I'd love to come on, and I'll come on some other time, but we, we're in the middle of this whole big ESPN thing. Uh, several other people were on vacation, so no guests today. Hopefully I have one Tuesday, and then we'll we'll probably have one guest per week don't want to overdo it. But again, just so you know, we, we go back to Tuesday uh, starting next week and then game week, of course, which is coming up three weeks or so. It'll be Tuesday, Thursday, every week unless Florida's open. I guess we're not supposed to call it bye weeks anymore. We're supposed to call it idle weeks, whatever you want to call it. Pat Dooley watching football week. That's what the heck it is. Let's face it. Um, so we'll go back to uh, two a week, except for those three bye weeks. And I'm going to call them bye weeks because that's what I've called them my whole life. Um, the hype on Florida, I heard this this week, I guess it was. Somebody was asked, I, I'll tell you who it was. It was Danny Cannell, who I didn't even know was back on the radio. Uh, obviously, he's a very, doesn't like the Gators. We all know that. But he was asking a so-called expert, I can't remember who it was, are you buying the hype on the Gators? And and I went. I just wanted to pause and go. And I'm not blaming Danny, but I just wanted to pause and go. Who's creating the hype? But the media. We all are. I, now I'm not. If you've read my column, you know that I I'm a little bit um, scarred from past seasons in my life of covering Florida and being a uh, you know being a kid going to Florida games. So I'm still a little bit not sure about this team i'm i want to see some some things and it starts with that first game but the hype is is real because of the media and i'm not blaming the media but everybody has florida ranked high 
and it's based on last year. It's not based on what they've got. Oh, but their quarterback is back. Here's the way to get ranked, okay? Have a really good finish to your season. Win your bowl game. None, of, Neither one of which has anything to do with the following season and have your quarterback back. And people will go, oh, he's back? Oh, I remember that game they played against Michigan. Let's rank them really high. I think they'll be overrated by pretty much everybody for what I think they are. It doesn't mean they can't get to that point. It doesn't mean they won't be that good. I'm an AP voter again this year. Proud to do it. Happy to do it. I'm gonna, I've been kind of toying around with my poll a little bit, and i got to be honest with you, probably going to have Florida around 14, maybe 13. I, we'll see. But the coaches' polls already come out. And of course, Florida, number eight, which is about where everybody else has. I saw Yahoo came out with theirs, and they had Florida nine. Everybody's going to have Clemson one. Everybody's going to have Alabama two. Everybody pretty much going to have Georgia three. Oklahoma four, Ohio State five. That's just the way. And guess what? Those are the teams that are in it every year. It's unfortunate in a way that college football doesn't have the, um, you know, uh, I guess just the surprise element. We'll be surprised during this season, by and every season, by individual games, but it's pretty much going to be this. Look, if I was going to Vegas – I'd put money down. I'm like Alabama's in, okay? Alabama is in the playoff. You've seen their schedule. They're in the playoff. They're, they aren't going to have any problem getting in the playoff. With the players they have, I don't care how many new coaches they have, they've got, they've got Nick Saban and really good players in an easy schedule. They're in. I think Clemson probably is too because the ACC is not that good. So there's two of your four spots that have already been vacated. I think there's a real good, real good chance Ohio State will get him, but I mean, you got to wait and see. When you got a head coach who's taking over, and I know he did the three games last year, but it was totally different. Urban was still coaching the team, if you recall. He wasn't prohibited from being around the team the, the final week of the big, their one big game that they played. I, I still, we still don't know about him as a head coach, and we'll find a lot more out this year. People are going to be hyping up Michigan. People are going to be hyping up. I, I'm surprised Notre Dame's getting a, a lot of love because with what they lost. Um, but they, you know, I also understand. They were there last year. They were in the playoffs. They went undefeated. I don't think they'll go undefeated this year, especially going to Athens. But a couple other notes from the uh, poll, the coaches poll that came out today. Uh, the AP poll comes out, I believe, on the 19th. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. I checked with uh, the great Ralph Russo, and we'll get him on the show again coming up. But uh, I, I think it's the 19th, so I'm, I'm waiting to get my ballot. So, I mean, you might as well vote now. I, not, how much is going to change between now? It's not like uh, like like uh, people I, – I chastise people who vote for the Heisman with two weeks left in the season, but with three weeks left in training camp before the first game – not a whole lot's going to change unless there was a, a terrible injury. But a couple other notes. Nebraska is 26. In other words, they're the last, the first team getting votes but not enough votes. And that's about – I don't think I'm going to rank Nebraska in my, my ballot. But Nebraska's getting a lot of love. People think because they finished strong again. Guess what? Finished strong. Now they didn't win their bowl game because they weren't in a bowl. But they finish strong, and their quarterback's back. You get two of the three elements, and you're fine. Florida State got four uh, – I don't want to say four votes because that's not correct. Four points. So somebody could have picked them 22nd, and that would be four points. Or they might have gotten four uh, 25th place votes. But when's the last time – not the last time they were unranked because obviously went five and seven last year – and again, finish strong. No, we can't check that. Win your bowl? They weren't in a bowl. Quarterback back? Nah, that'll be a no. That's that's how you don't get ranked. So Florida State, but when's the last time in a preseason poll they were get it, they got four four points? It's amazing. 
And again, I don't know. They might be a little bit better this year. I don't think they're ready to be really good. I would think they're going to be, you know, with year two under our head coach. Obviously, there was a lot, lot that went wrong last year for them. But I can't get the the what I can't unsee what I saw against Florida, and it wasn't just because Florida played great. Florida played a very good game. That was a bad football team, and it was an undisciplined football team. And you're that way in in the twelfth game of the year. That's not you can't blame that on Jimbo Fisher. I know that, it, that that's been the narrative is Jimbo pulled the ripcord and everything, and I don't disagree that he did. But you can't blame Week 12 when you're making as many penalties as they did and as many dumb plays as they did on Jimbo Fisher. That's that's on Willie Taggart. So we'll see if they are more disciplined. And that Boise State game, and here, here we go again. I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait for the season to start. I'm not even working that day. How good will that be? I, that Florida State-Boise State game is going to be fascinating. And I'm going to talk more about all the games coming up. I don't know much about Boise State, but they have eight defensive starters back. That's a good sign, right? I I, I probably am going to have to do a little research on them before I decide whether to rank them. Uh, in the uh, coaches poll, Miami number 29 – so they get they were among those receiving votes. I think that that makes sense to me. I think most people. I, I won't. I don't think I'll rank them uh, in the AP poll. I think most people are looking at Miami, going new coach. Um, they might be pretty good, but we're not ready to take a jump. We're not ready to jump in the lake on Miami. If they beat Florida, you know, obviously you're going to rank them and you probably rank them, you know, I would say in the top 20 if they beat Florida. Uh, the one team that's missing that you, you might be startled by is Missouri. Well, Missouri's on probation right now, and that eliminates them from being in the poll. In all, there are 11 teams that got votes. Now, that's from the SEC. That's a little misleading because some Guggen voted for Tennessee, gave them one point, and I'm trying to remember the other team that got one point. Uh, might have been Mississippi State. Oh, no, it was Ole Miss. They got one point. Eliminate that. Okay, so but it's still nine, and it could have been ten because Missouri would probably be ranked by most teams in the uh, coaches' poll, at least not in the top 25, but at least getting a decent amount of votes. So, anyway... This goes back to the original theme of <laughs> as I started here was um, is Florida overhyped? Probably. Can they play up to that hype? Absolutely. But ju- I told you guys this several weeks ago. Your team is going to get a lot of love in the preseason. And in a way, I think a lot of that love is coming from some, some people in some cases who are just looking to tear them down or looking at it and saying – uh, let's, let's get Florida up there. Get Florida up there, and then when they lose, we can talk about their collapse. All right. Um, I got a lot of things I want to touch on here. I don't know if I have time to get to all of them, but, hey, this is I can talk as long as I want, right? It's a podcast. There's no time limit. So let me go to the alcohol issue. The alcohol sales. Arkansas became the latest to approve selling beer and wine in the stadium. Um, some some SEC schools have, some haven't, some have said no. And then there's Florida, which has not made a call on it yet, although I think that's coming fairly soon. In fact, I think they had meetings on it either tomorrow or maybe Monday to discuss it. My gut feeling, and this is just talking to a few people, is they're going to postpone it. And they're going to say, not this year. It's It's – too close to the season. We don't have a good grip on it, but we're, we're not closing the door to it, but not for this year, not for this season. That's what I think they'll do. I will tell you that I guarantee you the, the, uh, there'll be a lot of people disappointed in law enforcement because I, I, they want to have the, the alcohol sales because they're in a, con- in a controlled area. You know, They're not all over the campus getting hammered and it would mean you would like to think people will feel less like they've got to pound hard before the game and show up 
Uh, now, again, most of you who go to the game aren't like this. I get it. They may, it's usually a, a handful of people, and some, some of them are students. Some of them aren't. But where they have incidents are people who get just sloshed before the game and go in and act like idiots. Well, oh, I can buy beer at the game? Yeah, you're going to nurse that beer because you're only going to get a couple of them. And, you know, I, I just – anyway, that's my gut on what Florida will do. Um, I, I was going to – I was trying to come up with a name for something that I was going to do on a weekly basis here. And then I say, nah, because I may not do it every week. At one point I was going to call it Change of Heart, and I was going to get the Tom Petty song, Change of Heart. There's been a change of heart. You know, but I said no. And I was saying, well, I'll call it Vision Quest. I've had a vision. The point is, and I know I, I hate that you had to see me, two teams that I looked at one way, I've changed, and I know I'd said coming out of SEC Media Days, I felt the same way, but I don't know. Some reason, something's changing my mind about LSU. I've got a feeling LSU, this might be their year. Now, I don't know where I'm going to rank them, but if I really believe that, I should rank them like fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there, right? But I think they've got, if they're, re- I, I'm believing for the first time. Ed Ogeron saying they're going to a spread offense and they're going to take advantage of their talent, which they've never done. And they still, what they win, nine or ten games last year? Ten, right? Um, I just think, I think this might be the year that LSU beats Alabama, wins the West, and at least has a shot at the playoff. Now, it's easy to say that, and then if they don't say, oh, typical LSU, yeah, you know, you can't count on them. But that's that's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying I really believe the more I'm hearing, the more I really believe that they this might be their year, that they may finally have gotten common sense when it comes to running an offense. And you know they'll be good defensively. And you know they've got great athletes and great home field. Um, I don't think – now, I say that, they could, could go play Texas in week two and lose, and it all comes tumbling down. But again, now – see, now I'm getting all excited. LSU-Texas. How good is that game going to be? And what are the what are the ramifications of that game? Auburn-Oregon week one, how big a game is that? It's huge. It's week one, and it's huge. Now, we don't have, like, remember two years ago we had that ridiculous opening weekend where games were just incredible uh, in terms of what we expected. And they didn't turn out as good as we hoped. But this year, week one, is not overly exciting, but it's enough. Shoot, all you need is one game on at a time, right? So I keep continuing to get more and more excited um one thing i wanted to clear up because i was on matt wyatt's radio show matt wyatt former mississippi state quarterbacks become a really good friend terrific guy and he asked me about urban meyer whether i thought he'd coach again and and i said what everybody would tell you that was in um hoover for sec media days all the national guys, what everybody thinks and what everybody's thinking which is yeah i think he's going to coach again and i think it's going to be uh Southern Cal or um, or Notre Dame. Now, neither one of those jobs may open up. I mean, certainly Southern Cal could end up having a great year, play for the national championship. Who knows? Notre Dame and Brian Kelly, unless he wants to leave, isn't going to be asked to leave. But the speculation a lot of people have is he'll he'll he wants to go to the pros. I don't I don't know that he does or not. I really don't. But that's where. Like, I think it'd take the perfect job for him to, to do it, but I do think he will if that, if that happens. Now, if nothing like that opens up, he may get comfortable. I just know how the guy is built. I, dealt, I was around him when he sat out the year when he, after he left Florida. I spent time with him, and we're, I don't think we're friends anymore because I had some harsh things to say about the whole Zach Smith thing, and that's okay. I can live with that. But we were then, and we got along really well. 
and I know how he was aching to get back into coaching. So I, I, I don't think that's changed. I don't think he's changed in that way. I think he was he feels like he was mistreated by Ohio State, and that's why he left. And the first really, really good job. Now, he look, he ain't going to Troy, okay? He isn't going to Middle Tennessee and, and get things going there. It will take something like – like we were talking this morning, would he go to Auburn if Malzahn got fired? Well, that's a good job, but do you really want to go to Saban's home state and compete with him? I don't think he's ready for that. But he would be ready to go to USC. He loves it in L.A., I know that. He spent time there. And, of course, Notre Dame, he has special feelings about Notre Dame. So those are the two that you would think – but it, the the point, the only reason I'm even bringing it up is because it became a big deal, and people were talking about it, and uh, I don't I don't think it went viral, but it became a big deal. But look, I'm saying what everybody else is thinking, and we'll see if I'm right. One other thing that happened this week, which was hilarious, and you you got to have fun. It's not just because it was Florida State, but they put out a, a tweet that had. How many days till FSU gets started? And it was supposed to be four days, but they had a guy wearing number 15 next to it. It looked like 154 days or 15 plus four. And everybody was trying to do math. And at one point I said, maybe their game first game is in 60 days. And no, that couldn't be it. Everybody was trying to figure out the math equation. And they looked silly and they had to take it down. And, and they've had some issues over there before. But at least it was something fun to do was make fun of Florida State. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Maybe I enjoyed it too much. All right, let's um, – I'm not going to take a break. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm going to take a quick break, grab a swig of water, come back, and I will I'll do the five most interesting teams to watch and, of course, the um, three things that we always do. And I got one little bonus feature for you. All right, this is the Duly Noted Podcast. You're listening to it at Gatorsports.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back on the podcast, duly noted. And as I said, this is, this is the start of football season today. Because the first duly noted podcast of football, and it's going to be regular from now on. Those of you who missed it this summer, I appreciate the kind words. All right. I've been promising you the, what I think are the five most interesting football teams in college football this year. Number five. We'll start with number five, Washington. Why Washington? I can't wait to see what, whether Jacob Eason really, is, is, really was as bad as as he was th- at Georgia and got beat to get beat out by a freshman. And he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great, and it, it, he was built up. And maybe he was actually really good, and it just didn't work out. And whether he can take Washington to the the conference championship and get him in the playoff, I don't. I, it's possible they've got another really good team. I think it's, that's a fascinating story. Number four is Nebraska that we talked about earlier. Mainly because there is so much hype about Nebraska, and they've got a, in Martinez they've got a tremendous quarterback. Um, but really, like I'm not, I don't have it right in front of me. Didn't they go four and eight last year? I believe they did. I know they won four of their last six, I think. But look who they played. I think Nebraska is overhyped, but I think they're going to be a really interesting team to watch because. People are so excited about them. And they may be dead wrong. And usually usually we're dead wrong. The media, when I say media, I'm talking about the media total. Like, if you add in all the, the sporting news, 
the um, you know Sports Illustrated, the Athletic, everybody, all the local newspapers, all the radio guys, all the TV guys, all the TV different TV shows. You add it all together. There's usually one team we all pretty much totally whiff on that we just didn't get it right. We were wrong. And I think Nebraska may end up being that team this year. Number three is Kansas. Come on, man. Les Miles, are you kidding me? If Kansas wins a couple of games early, people are going to be freaking out. Everybody's going to be – and people already have been going to Lawrence to to do pieces on Les Miles and everything, but they're going to be losing their minds. I don't think that's going to happen, but he's brought in some players, some transfers – and I just don't think le- you can. I don't think Kansas can play Les Miles football yet. Maybe ever, but certainly not yet. I'm really fascinated to see what Kansas is going to do. Number two is UCF. Now, I have some real strong feelings about UCF that I'm going to probably say for the back nine about their the whole scheduling thing. It's gotten out of hand. At some point, you, you got to call somebody on just not being truthful. But losing, not, not obviously losing your starting quarterback from last year, then you lose uh, the guy who came in and did such a great job, and now it, it looks like it's going to be Wimbush, the Notre Dame guy who kind of just wasn't very good there. Um, could they take a step back? And here's the thing I, I really feel strongly about with UCF. I feel like if they take a step back, it, they may go backwards down the hill. Like, they've almost got to continually go undefeated or 11-1 or and one to keep people – to keep relevant. And then they can make their, oh, it's not a, it's not a playoff, it's an invitational crap that they like to do. It's amazing how I can be so anti-Danny White and so pro-Mike White. More on Mike White in a minute. Uh, and the number one team is Georgia Tech. I think they're easily the most interesting team in college football because of Jeff Collins going there. You, you get rid of the option. You get rid of all that wishbone they've been running for all these years. You're, you're trying to do something different with new players. You're, you open up a Clemson. Uh, I, I think they'll be – I don't think they'll be good, but interesting. I think it'll be really interesting to see how he gets things done. So, that, for me – are the five most interesting teams. One other one that I, I almost put in there was UCLA. And the only reason I put them in there is you, you would like to think that Chip Kelly, who we think knows something about football, right? We think he knows something. He was almost, I mean, really close to being your coach at the University of Florida. And obviously they had a terrible year last year, but they did finish up by beating USC, which is one reason Clay Elton's on the hot seat. I had totally forgotten that, and I actually watched – the fourth quarter of that game. Yes, I'm desperate for college football. Yes, I'm watching way too many old games. And uh, I, I have, I will say this, my knee's healthy enough, I really started playing a lot of golf. Now, when I say a lot of golf, I mean like six holes here, nine holes here, because I don't want to overdo it. Um, but, you know, like daily. So maybe that'll keep me from watching so many freaking old games. But you would think that they're going to be better this year, right? And then you look at their schedule. Yikes. Yikes. They got Boomer Sooner week three. They got San Jose State week two, which is – I'm sorry, San Diego State, which is a real good team. They open with Cincy, who won 11 games last year. It it could be four and eight real easy again. And then what do you say – you know, how do you feel about the Chip Kelly hire at UCLA? More so, how does his reputation take a hit? That'll be that'll be really interesting uh, to watch. All right, one other thing before I get to three things. So this is four things, I guess. You know, the 150th year of college football is this year, and there's a lot of stuff being – there are going to be a lot of lookbacks and everything. And, of course, the SEC has done its own Saturdays in the South series – unfortunately for you I'm on it a lot or at least some I don't know how much they use but they film me for a long time it starts September 3rd and I'm I'm looking forward to watching it I think it'll be great um but uh 
Barrett Salee, my good buddy from uh, CBS Sports, did a most memorable icons of those 150 years, and there it was pretty good. I, I every one I went to, yeah, they, that's definitely one. Like Howard's Rock, uh, the Houndstooth Hat that Bear Bryant wrote, wore certainly, and one he included on there, Stephen Or Spurrier's visor, and he, he's absolutely right. In fact, maybe the one of the two or three most iconic because not only was it a symbol of his frustration or or and it was it was Steve Spurrier but how many coaches wear them now because of him including Dan Mullen Gus Malzahn Hugh Freeze all these coaches went to the visor which coaches would never think of doing that you don't wear a golf visor to coach football but Steve Spurrier changed that another one one of my favorites is Ralphie's entrance. I love that. Uh, I don't expect that when Florida plays Colorado in Boulder that I will still be writing for the newspaper. I would think I would be retired by then, but you never know. But I would think I'd be retired. I might make that trip as a as a citizen <laughs> just just to go see Ralphie come on the field. That would be that's kind of my uh, dream come true. See Ralphie Ronald Field. Um, the Osceola Renegade thing is on there, which I I, I certainly agree with that. Uh, the War Eagles flight. The first time I saw that, I had chills. I thought it was a, one of the coolest things ever. So that's a good story by Barrett Salee. All right, let's go and do. It's time. Yeah, three things. It's time for. Three things. Number one, it's an exciting week for me in that the Braves made the moves I wanted them to make. They waited till the end, but they got a closer. They got a, some other pitchers. Um, it fe- and if I was thinking to myself, wow, man, we this now I'm really taking it seriously. And, and all that happened right after they won or basically – that's the same right around the same time they won an extra inning game where their closer blew it. The closer they had, Luke Jackson. You know, Luke Jackson's a guy you can throw like the two batters and get him out of there. He'll probably walk them both though. Um, but I get, I got all excited, and then I saw where Houston got Zach Greinke to go with Verlander and the other studs they have, and I'm like, what was Koufax not available? couldn't get Bob Feller and Bob Gibson are you kidding me and I mean they're they're already a great team and I think they have the best record in the, in the AL maybe maybe the Yankees do but the Yankees their rotation I don't they didn't do anything and some people are really criticizing them plus the Dodgers aren't going away I still look I love my Braves uh it's been fun now that they finally gotten good but I don't have any optimism about the postseason. Just win the division so you don't have to play a stupid wild card game, which I think is dumb. One game wild card, I think is ridiculous. It should, you play 162 games, it shouldn't you have to play one more. It should be at least a best two out of three. But I don't have a lot of optimism, but hey, stranger things have happened. Number two, the coolest thing that happened this week was the uh, um, – the GoFundMe that started on basically on Twitter was where it really took fire for Neron Ball. Of course, he was a Florida player. I uh, had to miss a year because he had a, a brain pro- brain issue. Uh, came back and played. Draft played well enough to get drafted um, by the Raiders in the fifth round. And he's had complications of uh, there was a rupture of a blood vessel, and he's basically a quadriplegic. And the coolest thing was that when they did this GoFundMe trying to get 50000 and people like Shannon Snell and other sports writers, and myself included, but I'm not taking any credit, believe me, um, got it, got the word out there. And they are now, I looked just before I came in here, $118,000 have been raised to help his care. And that is great. Gator Nation, you should be proud of yourself. I'm curious – because there's a lot of anonymous ones on there, anonymous, and I don't know. I'm curious whether two guys contributed, and that would be Urban Meyer, who recruited him, and Will Muschamp, who coached him. 
you got a little money floating around there, guys. I hope you did. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you did. How about that? Uh, and I, I will tell you, usually this is the kind of thing where somebody says, "Hey, if you, can you get the word out about this thing?" And I go, "Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll do I do anything." The guy is a great guy. When I remember the interview I did with him when he came back and played, I, he was just a tremendous kid, and really felt terrible to hear about this. And I would do that. I would put it in the paper. But something happened last week that kind of changed my attitude. And I did contribute. And I contributed a decent amount. Not a, not a ton, but for me, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I contributed 50 bucks. 50 bucks for me is a lot of money. Not a ton of money, but, and I, and in retrospect, I maybe I'll go back and do more. But the thing that happened last week was the death of Jeff Tudine, who was an editor here. Uh, for a long time, um, one of the greatest guys in the world. And you guys might have read about his his passing. And I really committed, because he was the nicest guy in the world and would do anything for anybody. I really am committing to try and do better. It may take me a while to get there. And I may never get there. I just want to try to be better, be a better person, and be nicer to people. Doesn't mean I'm not going to take shots at the Seminoles or the Vols or something like that. But just in everyday life, try to be better. Try to be better. You know, we just contributed a bunch of money, obviously, to stop children's cancer for our golf tournament. But we also turned a bunch of stuff to another tournament that's that's and we're doing it for another situation where they're they're trying to raise money. Those are the things you need to be doing. But that's what we all need to be doing. Everybody needs to get the hate out of their lives. It's just too much of it today. And I don't want to be preachy, but it, it his passing did change the way I feel about a lot of things. Hopefully it made me a softer, kinder, gentler person. I'm not bragging on myself in any way. Please, please don't take it that way. I'm just appealing to everybody else. That's all. Can't we just all get along in the words of Rodney King? Anyway, finally, number three. I've, I'm seeing it, and I, I expecting, I'm expecting it's only going to get worse. The hype for Florida's basketball team. And it, look, it's, they're worthy of it in theory. With the players they have, with the players they have returning, with bringing in Scotty Lewis, bringing in Trey Mann, bringing in Omar Payne, getting Kerry Blackshear, which was huge. Yes, I look at that team and I go, yeah, this is a really good team. Yeah, it's probably worth being a top eight ranked team, I th- which I think they will be when the polls come out in a couple months. But we still don't know how it's going to jive. I I saw, I think it was Andy Katz has Florida as a Final Four team. Sure, they could be. I'm not going to say that's stupid, but we don't know how they're going to all – the chemistry is going to be. Because as we know, well, for example, last year's team had no chemistry. It just wasn't there. The ultimate team, the Pat Young, Casey Prather, will you get team, chemistry just oozing out of them, right? That team got to the Final Four with no, with no NBA players. So um, – a lot depends on how you play together. I was actually watching the Florida Kentucky again. I need I need to get out of the house. Florida Kentucky 2012, I believe it was, um, in New Orleans. Whatever the one the SEC tournament was in New Orleans, Florida lost. It was a heck of a game. Came down to the last couple of possessions, and Florida had Bradley Beal. And that was the only NBA, NBA player they had. Freaking Kentucky had all NBA players. They were all, that's all they had were NBA players, including Anthony Davis. And, and Billy Donovan coached his butt off in that game. In fact, I sent him a text. I go, dude, that's ridiculous how you were able to do that. And don't forget the next night, the next day, I should say, Vanderbilt beat Kentucky, beat that Kentucky team in the final. And this was – I'll never forget this. I know I'm getting off on a tangent here. I'll never forget this, but I'm go. I went to a store to get a couple of Diet Cokes to go back and write in, in the uh, Courtyard Marriott in, in uh, New Orleans, 
And the girl, there's a girl there. She goes, hey, who won the basketball game today? I go, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt would upset Kentucky. And she goes, yes. I said, oh, you're a Vandy fan? She goes, no, but I've been around these Kentucky people all week. I hate them. And I'm like, and she goes, because the Final Four was also there. She goes, does this mean they won't be back for the Final Four? And I go, no, nah, they'll, they'll be back. And they won it. They can, they can, they, so it's good to know I'm not the only person who feels that way about some Kentucky fans. But the point that I'm making is chemistry, understanding your job, understanding your roles, not being – for example, they had player last year who in February didn't know the plays still. Not being the guy who says, I'm shutting it down because I didn't win the starting job. That happened last year. I guess not going to give you names. That, that happened. You got to have everybody on the same page. You got everybody believing. You got everybody wanting what's best for the team. Will that happen with this team? I know I talked to Mike White the other day. He thinks it will. He he likes the chemistry. He likes the makeup. We have to see. Andrew Nemhard's going to be the leader of that team. We'll see if how he handles that. But it'll be interesting. The hype is deserved in terms of basic talent. But the league's going to be really good, and we'll see how. That all works out. All right, I'm tired. I had my eyes dilated this morning, so they're tired. And uh, But I, I appreciate everybody for clicking on. And thanks so much for listening to this. Thanks for all the kind words. I, I know our uh, podcast is the number one podcast in this chain. And if you know anything, if you've been reading anything about the Gatehouse, I think we own every paper in the world. Uh, it feels like it. Um, so to be the top podcast in this chain is fairly meaningful at least it is to me and you guys have made it that way by downloading it over and over again so thanks so much to all of you again this was the first one of football season next one will be tuesday we're not we're not messing around here tuesdays and thursdays once football season starts tuesdays otherwise but you will not have to go for a long time without having a a daily or a weekly I should say a weekly dose of the duly noted podcast thanks again for listening and for downloading and for clicking on I'm going to get out of here go back to vacation thank you so much we'll be back on Tuesday don't forget Tuesday another podcast till then I'm Pat Dooley the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun I am deep I am way back and I am out of here The Duly Noted Podcast is presented each week by Zaxby's Cure Your Craving. Stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. And by Vistar Credit Union, with locations across Gator Country. Visit vistarcu.org. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.